is going on everybody welcome in to another edition of the daily energy news beat stand up here on this gorgeous tuesday december 19th 2023 as always i'm your humble correspondent michael tanner coming to you from an undisclosed location here in dallas texas joined by the executive producer of the show the purveyor of the show and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website energynewsbeat.com Stuart turley my man how we doing today it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood and i'm whipped holy smokes Absolutely. Uh, We've had a busy day. The news line has been absolutely buzzing. We have an absolutely packed show and menu. First up on said menu, Woke Duke Energy jacks up electric rates to pay for ESG zero carbon mandates. Next up, this is an exclusive from the Daily Signal. Conservative state files first in the nation lawsuit against BlackRock over deceptive climate policies. Next up, he fixed California's power grid for Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's worried about the energy transition now. Next up, expensive power grid update upgrades and expansion threaten the energy transition. And then finally, Houthis attacks start shutting down Red Sea merchant shipping. That's going to flow nicely into our finance segment because that's really what drove prices both up today to above $74 and then also has, has dropped in a little bit was said attack on that Red Sea merchant ship as people are a little bit worried about what might happen. Um, with oil flows through the Red Sea. So we will cover all of that in a bag of chips, guys. And before we do all that, remember, all of the news and analysis you are about to hear is brought to you by the world's greatest website, energynewsbeat.com, the best place for all of your energy news. Stu and the team do an outstanding job of making sure that stays up to speed with everything you need to know to be at the tip of the spear when it comes to the energy and the oil and gas business. Hit the description below on all of our podcasts, whether you listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube. You can see the description below, timestamps, links to all of the articles, um, ways to get a hold of the show. That's questions at energynewsbeat.com. You also see to a link to our dashboard on energynewsbeat.com, which is one of our best abil- uh, ways to do kind of data news combos. So we appreciate everybody who's checked that out. I'm going to breath those two. Where do you want to begin? Hey, let's start with our buddies over at Woke. I mean, excuse me, Duke. Uh, I love Duke Energy. Uh, I'm not sure why this article was a little bit slanted, but it says the title's Duke Energy jacks up electric rates to pay for ESG zero carbon mandates. Mm. This is really not fair on Duke because they have good management and they're doing the best they can. Duke Energy has thrown consumers under the proverbial electric bus to make their operations carbon neutral by 2050. You can't blame them. That's where I thought this article was was kind of mm. hard on the management. I'll, I'll be the first to admit on this. Listen to this. They're attempting to decarbonize the Tar Heel State by 70% by 2030 and full decarbonize by 2050. These are absolutely abysmal guides. Guess who gets to pay for this, Michael? No, the consumer. The consumers. The power grid, this misguided initiative will force everyday families to subsidize a complete overhaul of the state's power grid at a total cost approaching $160 billion. This is the government on stupid steroids. They mm-hmm. have got some kind of stupid in the water there. I don't know. You know, holy smokes. This is not Duke Energy. This is Duke Energy trying to read the 
uh, requirements that were put in under the uh, Biden uh, legislation through regulation at 3 a.m. right before COP. This is also part of the coal plant stuff. Yeah. And what I find it, what I like about this article is they take it, is they take the approach of look, like we're all for attempting to clean up for what what is a really bad history of these companies. I mean, it points out that Duke Energy, you know, a few years ago was forced to pay $200 million to clean up its leached toxic coal waste. Um, it shut off half of the power to resonance on Christmas Eve in 2022. They took 1,300 megawatts of coal and natural gas offline during that period, all without really, you know, you know, the $200 million is, 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 a, is a pretty small sum relative to the amount of stuff that they're going after them in the wrong way when they should have been focused on, as this article points out, the other things that they're doing wrong. Right. But as a general rule, Duke's got some good things going on for him. Those were mistakes. I'm not going to I'm not going to make any excuses on that, but they have a lot of good things that they hey, do. for two hundred million dollars. I'll let Duke Energy leach some toxic coal waste into my apartment. So next time they need to just call me up. I'm good. Uh, OK. Hey, we could have a new bathtub. Remember when we you and I were doing tankers with the bathtubs? You yes. could do that. <laughs> all, right, all right. Let's what's go to next? the next one here. Yeah, let's go. What's next before I get a hook now that I've lost all my stories? Yeah. Stu gets a hook. Film at ah. 11. Here we go. Uh, conservative state files first in the nation lawsuit against BlackRock over deceptive climate policies. Michael, this is kind of, you cannot beat this kind of entertainment. Tennessee Attorney General Jonathan Cremetti uh, on Monday sued the investment company BlackRock. Here's a quote. BlackRock has said two things that can't both be true. Scamardi, a Republican, told the Daily Signal in an interview Monday, the first is that they are taking investors' money and investing it purely for the purpose of maximizing the return on the investment. But they've also put out statements saying that they are committed to net zero carbon emissions to combat climate change by certain dates. Um, both things can't be true. And I agree that he is, is hitting on that. The, here's where it gets a little funny. I'm going to be wondering how it's going to pan out in the courtroom, Michael, mm -hmm. because a uh, pledge member of the climate groups is to force companies to disclose their targets for net zero emissions for an environmental and political reasons. This is coming down into the carbon tax. It's coming down into the EMP operators. But here's where this, I get a little confused on this article. The uh, Larry said it's okay to invest in ESG in oil and gas. So where I think this is really going to need a follow-up is the requirements for carbon neutral uh, for reporting from oil companies. I, this is a serious question. So to take this, it's, again, this is a serious question, Maxine. Are companies, are, are companies required to make a profit? Yes. If they are, says who? they are, they have a requirement to their, to their shareholders, but it's not like a law. Not like if you don't produce a profit, you're going to go to jail or we'd have seen a lot of tech companies be out of business and be, we'd have a lot of tech people legal. So I asked this question seriously. I'm all for, I think what BlackRock is doing is obscene. They're, they're fleecing the world, so to speak. They're greenwashing right. the whole ESG movement to take money from investors under the ruse of ESG, but deploy it as they see fit. Yes, that's shady business practice. Question though, is it actually illegal? There's a difference between stupid. It's not illegal to be stupid. It's not illegal to 
necessarily not necessarily invest the money as wisely as it should. So this is where I, I understand that it looks good on a headline that we're going to go sue BlackRock. I'm all for it. I think what they're doing is a travesty. The question is, is it illegal? And that's what I think the difference becomes, you know, is in this process of, you know, and, you know, I, Stu disagrees with me so much. He just left point of the matter. I think when it comes to, you know, whether or not this lawsuit is worthwhile. I mean, I mean, this guy's, you know, Jonathan uh, Skirmetti he's probably got a little bit of time on his hand when it comes to it. But the real question is, is these, quote, deceptive practices. Evil? I mean, this guy's going to know. But the real question is, you know, what's a jury going to think? I, th- I think the interesting thing is that, you know, we know BlackRock has walked back a lot of these, you know, so-called targets that they want to push. You know, they they haven't necessarily followed through as much as maybe they would have they would have you would have thought you know two years ago i mean two years ago you know they they were attempting to influence companies like chevron united airlines walmart in order to you know push these shareholder proposals that were much more climate related but in 2022 they said that in a response to the state's attorney general that the company quote doesn't dictate to companies what suspicions or, or what specific emissions targets they should meet or what type of political lobbying they pursue. So they're speaking out of both sides of their mouth. The question I go back to is, are you, you're, I think you're allowed to speak out of both sides of your mouth. There's no law that says you can't. But they do have a fiduciary responsibility for not. I, I, I that's a good question. Do they are they legally responsible? Yes, it depends you have a fiduciary on the responsibility. But that's different than being illegal. Right. Or I'm not a lawyer. It's a dumb question. But, you know, when we talk like like, for example, bankruptcies, bankruptcies, it's not illegal to be an idiot and drive your company into bankruptcy. Now, you're going to probably never raise money again. But the question is, is being incompetent illegal? I don't know. Well, it does take a village to raise an idiot. If, if so, I'll tell you this though, if it's illegal to be an idiot, Stu, we're in trouble, and we oh, the yeah. SEC is going to be knocking our our hard door very quickly. Oh wait, that's them. <laughs> yeah, that's I, just, I had to All go right. get the door. Um, it what's was actually, next? It was actually the FBI. All right, yeah, the uh, SEC. That's he, why you left. The SEC showed up, and <laughs> <laughs> he fixed California's power grid for Arnold. Uh, he's worried about the energy transition. Former Albertan says promises made at COP28 bring risk of higher costs and lower reliability. I'm not saying don't do it, but do mm-hmm. it right. I like that line. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's just be careful. Um, he goes, I don't work for the governor, but I had to work with the governor. Ah, Ooh, that's nice. the type of leadership and ingenuity and working relationships that we need. Two people that don't agree on anything, but are willing to put aside their differences to work towards a common mutual goal. That sounds like me and you on this podcast, dude. Maybe. And I, uh, he sits there, and I, in 1975, he uh, immigrated to Canada, sailed through, graduated. Uh, Calgary is dear, but too cold for an Egyptian. I thought that was just absolutely a hoot. <laughs> but he was treating electricity as a commodity and deregulation. That's where he really helped Arnold out. So when you take a look at... Uh, uh, the electrical energy. Imagine yourself sitting on a stool with three legs. As long as the three legs are equal in length, you're steady. If any one of those three legs becomes too long or too short, you will fall. 
That's a, he's talking about the re- renewables are yep. just pinching out the grid in California. No, I mean, we need a lot more of this collaboration from people that may be on two opposite sides of the political spectrum. The problem Absolutely. is when we're talking about energy, it shouldn't be political. It should be, as you would say, lower energy poverty for the cheapest way possible while attempting to, yes, minimize emissions. We shouldn't just go ahead and burn coal 24-7. I'm with you there. The problem is the trade-offs between you know going too far down the renewables path shortens one of the legs, so your chair ends up being slanted. This is me on the renewable. (laughs) And both of us had our automatic cameras turned off. Otherwise, it looked like we've been on a roller coaster. (laughs) So, okay. Uh, Extensive. Let's go to the next one. Extensive power grid upgrades and expansions threaten the energy transition. Um, I just want to let you know, I've had to deal with some um, uh, folks at family gatherings that are uh, slightly ignorant when it comes to the grid and electrical. Um, You cannot electrify the grid with enough electric cars right now. Uh, If you want it, we have 1% of our cars are electric. Mm -hmm. You go to two, maybe three, and the grid is going to blow. You cannot handle, you can't handle the truth. I guarantee you, they can't handle the truth and their head's going to explode if we sell any more EVs. Now, let's go into this article. To achieve countries' national energy and climate goals, the world electricity needs to grow 20% faster in the next decade than it did in the previous. Reaching national goals means adding or refurbishing a total of 80 million kilometers of grids by 2040, the equivalent of the entire existing global grid by the IEA. The, I mean, that is one agency full of uh, chatterheads. So when you sit back and think about this, we barely have enough money to even get our uh, economies going. We're going to be lucky if we don't, if we avoid bankruptcy. So you can't afford to redo the grid from ground up, period. It's just not, there's not enough of it there. And then in the Inflation Reduction Act, the IRA, Michael, there was a couple million in there for the grid, 40 million or something like that out of the bazillion trillion dollars. We're clearly going to need way more because if you're telling me the world and not just the United States, but the world has to double its electrical capacity in order to meet these quote unquote new, you know, electrification standards, we're in big trouble. Oh yeah. It ain't going to happen. And so you, you, anyway, we can reduce and I'll put you right now. If you and I were made uh, energy czars, we could reduce the world's carbon output. We need carbon, uh, combo carbon, just hell, giving a shout out to our sponsors. But we would also be able to in, ensure and have people talk. I'd say nuclear, natural gas, use coal for when you can. And as we transition, get the pipelines built, go to natural gas, use wind, solar. If it's fiscally responsible, we could do it. You and I. Right now, energy's ours. Dominus ominous, we be it. Love it. Love it, Stu. What's the let's let's talk about this last article that really flows this into is where prices went. Yeah, them hooties uh, are out as Larry the cable guy would say, them hooties. Yeah. Um uh, attacks starting sh- uh, shutting down the Red Sea mer- merchant shipping. Michael, this brings up two gigantic questions. I'm gonna kind of touch on the first one, the supply side, and then the other one will be into into your other art- arctic in there. 
Companies uh, at the Transport Consumer Goods, BP and Moeller Maskerts, uh, are all having some serious problems. This article goes into the billions of dollars it's going to cost and, and the weeks that it adds to the trips around either the Cape of Good Hope or the Cape of Good Horn, because a lot of those carriers cannot go through the, the Panama Canal and uh, if you're going to cut out the Suez Canal, ooh, this is bad, baby. And, and, and why are and, and they're doing that not to spike oil prices, but they're doing that to just disrupt global trade, correct? Or what's the I, end I game think, here? Uh, I think the end game is uh, they didn't eat their Wheaties this morning and they actually were watching the Kardashians. Because I don't know what was going on. Maybe they were a little confused that this is part of their their mode to really, nobody knows. And they're not shooting at Iranian ships. It does not make any sense. The only thing that I heard that I on the uh, uh, Twitter feeds was that it was um, uh, enough to split up the U.S. Navy mm-hmm. in order to get them uh, sidetracked and spread them out more so that China could do something. I mean, that was a conspiracy theory. It was like, now, why didn't I think of that? I don't know, Michael. I mean, this is, I'm not a hootie. Now, yeah. I'm now hootie and the blowfish was really good. <laughs> well, we hope that we hope they're not in charge of uh, uh, whatever these efforts are because that's not good. Oh, no. Yeah, uh, that was a good song, though. <laughs> it was a good song. You got anything else for us? Uh, no, just, uh, you know, wrap us up here with the uh, uh, finance. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be pretty quick today, guys. Oil prices as we know, moved due to this Red Sea attack. We did see the S&P 500 up about uh, five-tenths of a, or, or about a half a percentage point. And we're only 1.2 percentages off all-time highs, which we saw in January of 2022. Uh, NASDAQ was actually up six-tenths of a percentage point. Dow Jones Industrial Average uh, topped about 0.86 points. Uh, Bitcoin, we saw about up 3.5% to $42,000. Crude oil, as we mentioned, up and down all day. It was down early in the session all the way to about $71. Rose on this Red Sea, um, Houthis attack uh, up to about $75, a little bit below that. $74.80 is where it peaked out at. And then slowly over the rest of the afternoon session began to trade down where we currently sit about $72.83. You know, outside of, 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 of where oil prices are going again, guys, we're back to sentiment-driven price action, and you can tell as as okay, great. You know, prices were up in in, in the wake of this event. They did in that afternoon session continue to to slow down. Um, BP did say they temporarily paused all transit um, through that water. Other shipping forms um, also said they're going to avoid that route. So, is it necessarily going to drop overall supply of oil? It might just make it longer to come to market. I thought what's interesting is that the EIA came out today. And also announced that they believe that share oil production in a turn of events is actually going to be down in 2024, which is interesting relative to, I think, where a lot of the different markets um, are coming from, which is interesting. U.S. They, they say specifically that U.S. oil output from top shale producing regions is set to decline in January for the third consecutive month, um, while production from the Permian Basin is still set to rise to a record eight straight production. So what we're gaining um, from the Permian being drilled, we're losing elsewhere. And what's that a sign of? It's a sign that there's very, there's very few profitable basins left. If there's one thing to snatch from what the EIA is telling you, it's the fact that there are very few basins that are still profitable right now, and one of them still being the Permian Basin, or at least what people think so. So they're they're continuing to uh, dive in on that. 
it's been a long week, Stu. It's been a long year. What do you? What should people be worried about going into going into Christmas? Well, I tell you, it's a supply chain, Michael. This uh, Hootie and the Blowfish thing going on over there. Ooh, Hootie and the Blow em Up Fish. We got to add that to our uh, our uh, non-existent merch. Um, yeah, there you go. Hootie and the Blow em Up Fish. Uh, I mean, when you sit back and kind of think, that's horrible because you remember when the evergreen you and i were having a lot of fun with the memes on that bad dog the scooby the captain scooby and all that kind of good stuff that was a lot of fun this is not so fun because they've actually got missiles and they're launching them at ships and our our guys are in harm's way that's the part that stinks it is so uh well you know we're uh covered for everybody guys we've got a few more shows this week before we finish out before the end of the year we appreciate everybody who's who's checked in with us and, and stopped by this week and year but with that we're gonna let you get out of here get back to work start your day um appreciate everybody again tuning in for Stuart turley i'm michael taylor we'll see you tomorrow folks